gospel is a very particular word or kind of speech in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, the gospel is God's promise of a son who will crush the serpent's head, forgive the sins of his people, raise them from the dead, and give them everlasting life solely on the basis of his grace for the sake of Christ. If you're interested in the, the beginnings of the church, you know, I think looking at the creed is a great way of, of getting into church history and really seeing where the faith kind of came together. In the scripture, the way it presents discernment is actually the skill that you develop where you're able to identify goodness. And what was surprising to me is that is much the way we use the language of discernment outside of the church. The real difference, I would say, like what patriarchy teaches versus what we should believe is that what they believe about the nature of men and women, that there is something fundamentally different about authority and submission between men and women. And that's not just like within particular relationships, but men and women in general. This is their nature. What are the duties required in the Ninth Commandment? The duties required in the Ninth Commandment are the preserving and promoting of truth between man and man. The Gospel never tells us something to do. The Gospel tells us about something that's been done. Hi, welcome to Theology Gals. This is Colleen Sharp, and Rachel Miller is my co-host. And this is our first episode of 2023. I guess it's 2023. Welcome to the new year. Yes, Happy New Year to everybody. And if you remember, we had a little bit of a break, so we apologize for that. Um, I had sickness in my home. Rachel had sickness in her home. It was, it was a alternately. Yes. One at a time. <laughs> right. We just kept switching back and forth. I mean, so um, it's been a, a crazy couple months for both of us, and we're glad to be back. If you remember our last two episodes of last year, we were kind of working through a little bit of um, what I see as a series where we talked about culture wars, we talked about Christian nationalism, and we wanted to do at least one more episode in that um, kind of say that fits into those same topics and talk about kinism. I'm not sure if we'll call it something else. Uh, This is something that some people have asked that we talk about and we'll, we'll explain what it is, but also that there's some similar ideas that maybe um, don't label themselves as kinism, but have some similarities. So I'll, I'll just start from personal. Uh, I never knew what this kinism was until one day on on Facebook, and you know, I've been reformed for years and years and years. I had never um, heard of it. And I think when people outright embrace the label of kinism, they're, they're pretty clear on on what they believe. They believe in kind of this separation of races and sometimes they'll say cultures, but I think within mm-hmm. kinism, the race part is even um, more obvious in, in what they describe. 
where you do life with people of your own kind. And the thing I had told Rachel, the thing I'd seen specifically, were these people who called themselves Reformed, and I personally think this is sinful ideas, were saying that it was wrong for white parents to adopt kids of another race. Um, and in this case, they were saying it was wrong for white parents in America to adopt um, Asian kids from another country, which was shocking to me. I'd never heard this before. Yeah, it, it's one of those, like, having grown up in the South, you know, you hear things around, like, people talk about, or in, in growing up, people would talk about some of these ideas. I never heard it called kinism. And generally what I heard was it were these ideas being um, uh, not dismissed, being condemned, that these were things that it's not, not the way people should think anymore. That was the way people used to think. And of course, you know, I know now that there are a lot of people who think this way, um, either openly or not so openly. Um, but uh, I think recently, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this, is I think recently there's been uh, a number of, or an increase uh, interest in in some of these ideas and defenses of some of these these ideas within um, reformed reformedish circles, and you know just like we became aware of these ideas of the the term kinism and these ideas behind it um, through running across things online, I just think it's important that we're aware of what's going on that we can be open about discussing um, the truth of the gospel and also. Um, to be to be able to uh, condemn things that we see that we know aren't right, so that we're not uh, participating with people um, who are promoting sinful behavior and ideas. Right, racism. Mm -hmm. um, so the reason why this conversation um, goes along with the other things we talked about is I really hadn't seen a lot of um, justifying these beliefs until the Christian nationalism mm -hmm. discussions. And you can go on Twitter, do some little keyword searches, not necessarily kinism, but within the Christian nationalism conversation. So there's kind of more blatant kinism, and then there's kind of a more, these ideas that are promoted more subtly. So what, what is promoted is this idea that you need to kind of stick to your own kind. Um, they will I mean, say that that interracial marriage is sinful. Um, they use they're very good at using creative language to not be so blatant in what they're saying, but it, it's very clear what they're saying. Um, and even, you know, your friends, the people you hang out with, the people you go to church with, um, need to be the same race, the same culture. Well, they don't always use the word race, though. Maybe you ethnicity. can talk about that. Yeah, ethnicity or culture. Or culture. It's one that I've seen the most recently. Um, if you're sure if you're active on social media, you're probably aware of these discussions going on. But um, culture was one that, that I saw. The guy was was saying, no, no, defending himself. No, no, I didn't say that people shouldn't uh, marry outside their race. Um, I said that you need to stay within your own culture. I'm like, okay, right. I, 
it it really ends up being a distinction without a difference uh, when yep. you get down to what they're talking about. Um, and this is one of the things that kind of I was thinking about it in terms of you know marrying outside or or going having relationships with people or going to church with people outside your culture. And um, you know, for me, I'm a city girl, uh, born in Houston, lived here in Texas most of my life. Um, very Southern. My family background is mostly Scotch-Irish and um, it reformed. And my husband is from Northwest Pennsylvania. His background, he's, uh, he's from a farm. He grew up on the farm. Uh, his family are um, uh, Swiss, German, Mennonites. So he has an Amish Mennonite background and came out of a very dispensational church background for him. Um, are there differences in our culture and our background? Absolutely. Um, have we been able to work past that and have a good marriage? I think so. Um, it, it just, it, it hit me how, how silly it seems to try to say, well, I should only, if we're only supposed to stay within our own culture, you know, what is that culture? What does it look like? How do you define it? Where well, are these lines, right? Those things are evolving too, you know, right. Which you're, uh, you know, I, I was thinking a lot about this because there, there was some of this in American history, and I think some of it was more practical. So, for instance, you had, um, I know Rachel's told me that there was Germans that have settled in the area that we're in here. Mm-hmm. If you go to Wisconsin, there's Germans and Scandinavians a lot. Now, things have changed a lot, but let's just look at 100 years ago, you had a lot a lot of Scandinavians and the little town where my mother-in-law grew up, but they were Scandinavians and they were Lutherans. There were some Catholics too, but they had in the town that my mother-in-law lived in, they had the Lutheran church where the Swedish people went and they had the Lutheran church where the Norwegian people went. But there was a reason for that because they had services in those languages. Mm -hmm. And then as you know, a lot of the kids started to learn English and stuff like that. That difference kind of faded. But I look at my grandparents um, were my great my grandma and my grandpa were both Swedish and they were in similar circles. But that's a lot because their parents still spoke Swedish and there was still services um, in in Swedish. And, you know, some of that. So some of that stuff happened. And I do think that that. Some of it was practical. I think that there was sometimes a little bit of that idea, um, unfortunately. And the thing that we've really tried to fight against in this in this country, um, where I don't I don't know when when my husband met me, they didn't they didn't say, "Well, is she Norwegian?" So mm-hmm. my my husband's Norwegian. I'm half Swedish, and and we had fun kind of combining our um, similar but different um, traditions that we both grew up Mm -hmm. with. It was fun to do. That's probably what you and your husband have done, too. If you had Christmas Mm -hmm. traditions or other sorts of traditions, you kind of combine them and you make your own Miller traditions for your family. And that would be true if, if you have, and I'm sure people who are listening who have either friendships or within their marriage that you have where you have two families that grew up near each other may have very similar cultural backgrounds, but you have different 
traditions in your families and you still have that kind of blending and working together of how we're going to do things, how we're going to live together, um, you know, from, from college roommates to, uh, to marriage, there's a lot of, uh, and like ch- childhood friendships, there's a lot of different areas that this applies to, but, you know, you're, you're right about pointing out with the U S we, we come from a nation where, while we have not done it well and consistently throughout our history, obviously, um, we hold some ideals about being able to welcome others from other places and to adopt and incorporate other ideas and other um, traditions into our own and call them ours too. And um, you know, there's 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 something neat about that um, that blending of, of people. And places. One of the things I love about Houston, one of the things I love about Texas are all of the different um, uh, nationalities and ethnicities that that come together to make Texas what it is. Um, and, you know, wherever you live, you may have, you should have similar things around you, even if you live in other countries. There, there are going to be people who are different from you, near you, um, that you live with, work with, um, have to get along with. And I just think it's important that um, we be aware of these ideas and the racism that goes with it and be careful not to let it, um, these cultural ideas, um, let them undermine uh, who we are as believers and who we should be um, as, as neighbors. And I think you, you're kind of touching on to the next thing I wanted to talk about. And that is, we see some of this out there still, I think, We've come a really, really long way. If you look at my grandparents' generation to my parents' generation to, I mean, when my my dad grew up in Orthodox Judaism and became a Christian, which was not, you know, real popular in his family. And then when he got married, I don't know why they were surprised. Is she Jewish? (laughs) You know, Um, no, she's a Gentile. Um, And, you know, you would see that in some Jewish circles. Um, today, but oh, I wanted to say one thing about Houston. I have never seen such an amazing um, amount of foods from different places as <laughs> I have Houston. My mom, she grew up in Venezuela. She was so excited to find a Venezuelan mm-hmm. um, restaurant and she went in and talked to the people and to Puerto Rican and Cuban and just so much here. Um, German. Definitely German. Mm-hmm. Czech, Polish. Yeah. it's And I've lived in Chicago, Southern California, Miami, and uh, Iowa. <laughs> that, that's its own thing. Um, so, but Houston really has, uh, it's a great place if you want to try different kinds of food. Um, but I think the thing that disturbs me about what I'm seeing now is we all know the sort of subtle racism and ideas that are out there, mm-hmm. but some of the justifying this as mm-hmm. somehow Christian. Yeah. I think th- this is what I find um, outright disturbing and something that we need to fight very strongly against. We we often talk about acceptable secondary differences and um, I think that there's essential doctrines of the Christian faith, and I think there's also ideas that we should absolutely not be okay with. 
um, that are kind of in a category that, no, this is not okay. This is not Christian. And this is something that we need to be very strong that this is not okay. It's not Christian. It does not fall under the banner of loving your neighbor as yourself. Totally agree. I was just thinking about, you know, what I see and the danger of what I see with um, what's happening in large part due to the uh, Christian nationalism and the the cultural debates that are going on right now within conservative Christianity. Um, what might be termed like preferences or um, uh, kind of those those private thoughts that we we don't really share, but we may act on, like we may choose to live or work around people that look or think or act like us. Um, well, and I'm not saying that's right to do, but you keep it kind of on a private personal level. Um, that's that's one one level of of things, and that that is a lot of what I grew up around um, would be that kind of level of things. What's happening, like like uh, Colleen mentioned, is then taking those ideas, uh, your preferences, these things that you think you want to do or think are right, and then saying, okay, um, building a Christian defense, quote-unquote Christian defense for it from Scripture uh, by uh, proof texting, cherry-picking, picking only the things you want to focus on and making an argument, um, very much the eisegesis argument. And even beyond that, what I'm seeing with the um, Christian nationalism and a lot of the defense of these kinist type ideas and uh, is not only saying that these are this is uh, that the Bible defends how I'm living and wanting to do things, but telling Christians that it is the way that we should all live as Christians, which is really disturbing to me that it's it's gaining so much ground. Um, because of connections with certain political ideals or certain um, cultural building ideas that um, cultural wars stuff that we've seen, um, I'm, I'm truly concerned about where these discussions are going. And I think the way that you described how this is being justified mm-hmm. is the same thing is identical to what we're seeing. And you mentioned Christian nationalism and some of these culture war issues in the way that they're being emphasized mm-hmm. um, right now. I feel like, I feel like the way that these things, the culture wars, especially right now are emphasized. I feel like people are missing the whole point of scripture mm-hmm. where it, it almost seems like this has become the most important thing for some people. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Like that, that's the discussions they're having as if it's more important than anything else. And I'm sure they wouldn't say that, but that, that becomes the thing that unites people mm-hmm. when it is supposed to be Christ and the gospel that unites us. Um, but I mean, it, it's just true. People, they're, their tribe or their group or whatever you want to call it, um, people end up uniting over where they are in the the culture wars. And one of the things I would offer as a caution to people is every single one of us, no matter how open-minded and wise we think of ourselves, 
when we spend time in certain corners of the internet, we can be influenced. And I've watched Mm -hmm. it and I have to guard myself from it in thinking certain ways and surround yourselves with real life people who aren't afraid to check you. Mm. Um, It's very easy to be influenced. And I've watched it happen. I've watched some of my own friends kind of fall into groups. And I'm talking specifically about some of these things we're talking about here. I've watched people be influenced by it. If you're spending all your time in a certain corner of Twitter or Facebook or wherever it is you spend your online time, um, there's no way around that we are influenced by the people around us. And then a lot of people don't have that. This is the people that they hang out with. They, they maybe don't have a lot of real life friends that they can spend time with. I know it, it can be hard if you're a young mom and you're busy and taking care of your kids and, and things like that. And I've watched people almost in an effort to belong as part of that crowd, start embracing some of these ideas and a good reminder to all of us in our call to be discerning and not let ourselves be blown by every wind of doctrine, um, but to be in a good church and to have wise people around us. You know, we've talked before um, in other topics like on men and women or some of the other cultural war stuff that we've talked about, about how, how things seem to go in a kind of a pendulum swing right and part of what what i'm seeing is that there are within the culture wars within and i and i am speaking kind of specifically to um the conservative side uh, of things in large part because these are our circles right we we can find similar examples in other circles but i am speaking to what we're most likely to come across in our own in our own circles but um there is such a fear within many conservatives and i use that both politically and religiously conservatives right now um to to not be when i use quotes around this woke to not be social justice warriors to not um be part of uh crt and marxism and all these terms get thrown around and and used and misused and labels get get slung, um, that in swinging the pendulum the other direction, conservatives within our circles are giving platforms to people who are chemists, who are racist, either openly or more subtly, but we are sharing and promoting um, people who are teaching things and believing things and encouraging others to believe things that are contrary to the gospel, that contrary to scriptures that are undermine um, our faith and undermine our witness and our ability to, to be good neighbors as, Chris, as Colleen's been talking about. Um, does that make sense? I, I know exactly, exactly what you're talking about. Cause this is something I've been thinking about a lot. I, I think there's a couple things that are going on. I think there is a pendulum that does swing and it swings back and forth and we need to jump off and not be on it. And if you think specifically, well, 
Because you're talking about two things. I so I, I will get to what you were talking about with uniting with people teaching. One of the things, if you look at starting in the 80s with um, the kind of um, complementarianism movement, I guess, um, when, you know, John Piper and the Danvers statement and all of that stuff happened, um, I think you had Christians saying, okay, some of these later waves of feminism, although I think they went back, oh, it's all bad, but later waves of feminism are bad and we need to do something about it. And that it swung one way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think right now I see some of my friends jumping going, whoa, 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 that swung too far. And they're, they're on the pendulum swinging the other way. And it's so important for us um, to step back and stop these reactionary. Mm -hmm. if, if we, if we embrace something in reaction to something else bad, we are in such danger of just falling right into the other ditch. And, mm -hmm. it, and if there's one thing message I could get out there is to step back, say, what's biblical? What are we called to as Christians? And to jump off the pendulum and stop living in reaction to something bad. Yeah, yeah there's bad things out there. We should oppose them. But when we shape our own positions in reaction to something else that's bad, we're just in danger of jumping into the other ditch. And so be, there's bad stuff out there in culture. There's bad stuff we should fight against. Um, and what happens, what Rachel was talking about. So let's say um, you're saying, wow, this gender ideology stuff is crazy. I, I personally have met some detransitioners. I, I know one that's even a Christian now. And so I can say, wow, this gender ideology is crazy. It's really hurting a lot of people. So I'm going to unite in the name of Christ with this person over here because they're great on the culture wars, even though they don't even get the gospel right. And mm -hmm. that's where we have to be careful, where I, I think that there, I can, um, I know an evolutionary biologist that has done excellent work on gender ideology, and I have no problem working with him on legislation or whatever. There's appropriate ways to do that. But when we try to unite in the name of Christ on culture wars with somebody that doesn't even get the gospel right, there, there is correct categories in, in what we do. And, you know, there's a certain teacher, I don't need to name him, you'll know who I'm talking about, where there's a little joke, oh, but we need him for the culture wars. If somebody is um, good on some culture wars, and that's debatable, um, but they don't even get the gospel right, we can't unite with them in the name of Christ, in the name of Christianity, mm -hmm. or they're getting essential doctrines of the Christian faith wrong. And I think that's what Rachel is talking about. But that is what's happening right now, where we're uniting with other quote unquote Christians in the name of Christ, even though they don't even have the gospel, right? They're preaching a false gospel and they may have actually essential doctrines of the Christian faith wrong. You can't unite in the name of Christ with somebody who doesn't even get the gospel, right? Um, or somebody that denies essential doctrines of the Christian faith. And we've talked about that with the Trinity, for instance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where, um, one of the things that, you know, just like with the, the Trinity debates, that one of the essentials there is, is whether or not you're denying 
uh, the full deity of Christ, that His full power and 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 glory. Um, with with racism, with with kinism, um, it does come down to um, you know the image day um, issue. Are you if you truly believe that all people who are in the world are made in the image of God, that we're all brothers and sisters uh, because we you know we're from come from Adam, um, then. We're not looking at at different races. We're not looking at different differences where this these people or this culture is superior to that culture. We're we are all united in our humanity. Um, that's not to say there aren't cultural differences. That there aren't things that we can't notice or appreciate. Um, I think uh, appreciating uh, parts of our heritage, of parts of our culture, are. Im- important it's great um wonderful things to do celebrations etc not denying that but our fundamental who we are is that we are humans we are made in the image of god and there aren't some humans who are more in the image of god than other humans we are we are all equally made in the image of god um and so as such we should treat each other as brothers and sisters um I remember reading in in Genesis um after uh the flood you have Noah and his children um and within a few generations you have um people at war again people um uh, taking each other uh hostage as slaves and kidnapping uh, mistreatment very quickly it devolves into this again and and it's thinking about it, but these are all one family, right? These are Noah's kids, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. These are cousins. These are people who are all related to each other. And it hit me that, you know, if we understand Scripture well, then we also understand that we are all one family. We are all from Adam. We are all made in God's image. And so, those people that that we are mistreating, that we are judging as less than us, um, are our brothers and sisters. And I think it's important as we as we focus on being good neighbors, as as Kalina keeps reminding us to be, um, which I think is great, that we need to see each other as brothers and sisters. Well, I I think that one of the things that's happening in the stuff that we're seeing is they would not say right out, well, our our white culture is is better or our white um, race is better, but they there is a subtle attitude mm-hmm. to that degree. I've seen comments. I'm very sensitive to this. Um, being half my family being Jewish, mm-hmm. um, because there was very much that similar thing. My um, my bubby, that's my that's grandmother in Yiddish. My Jewish grandmother, um, she was she was born in Odessa. A lot of people wouldn't have known where what that was a year ago, but now I can say it. Most people know what Odessa is, which is um, Ukraine today. She was born in Odessa and um, she uh, escaped with her brother. She was teenager, 14 with her 17 year old brother, Uh, some of their family killed. And so there, I mean, we can look through all of history. Rachel is um, studied history way more than I have, but 
I can think just off the top of my head that this is a sort of thing that a lot of people have fought against mm-hmm. for all of history, where whether it was subtle or blatant, this idea that some races were better than others. I mean, you can look at the Holocaust just as a very obvious um, example. And even even in this country, just a few, um, the anti-Semitism, you know, whether it's um, racism of all different sorts or anti-Semitism, it it still exists. And um, especially if you talk to talk to an older Jew or something about some of the stuff. And so sometimes it's blatant. Sometimes it's subtle in the way that they treat people that are different than them. Mm-hmm. And Rachel's reminder is, is so important that we, we are equally made in God's image. And I think that's really foundational to how we think about loving our neighbors ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, even beyond that for us as Christians, that as believers, we are all being united in Christ. We are one body and we are being knit together. And, and like the, the part that says, you know, the, the, the eye shouldn't despise the, the foot, you know, all not quoting exactly paraphrasing. Um, but that's, we shouldn't look at other believers as being less than, right? We, we are all, um, one in Christ. And yeah, I, I was just remembering something from my childhood. You know, I grew up in a, uh, in Houston, the, the church that my dad was pastor of was a, uh, Baptist church wh- that was a, um, older church that was predominantly white in a neighborhood that was becoming increasingly young Hispanic. And so our church was a blend of, of two groups of people, older white believers and young, uh, Hispanic believers. And, you know, that was not without struggles, that there certainly were difficulties and challenges to that congregation. Um, but I remember one time overhearing someone, uh, one of the older members of the church, someone came to the church, was asking about things, and, and he goes, oh, no, 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 you want the, the church that meets over there, that that church is the one you want. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, yes, exactly. Um so, while there's nothing wrong, like you were talking about people going to church that uh, where their language is spoken, or uh, the community is there that they are most comfortable with, right? There's there's nothing wrong with choosing a church where you you feel like you fit in. Um, at the same time, we shouldn't be turning away people or being unwilling to welcome people uh, because they look or look at differently from us, where they grew up differently from us, where they think or speak differently. Um, and so, just my encouragement on that is um, what we can do practically besides calling out uh, or in, in kind of steps here, one, being careful who we platform and promote uh, and join hands with, and two would be um, being willing to call out what we see that's, that's wrong going on around us um, in our circles. Um, and the other one is to be um, active in welcoming other people and encouraging other people and being um, seeing other people as our brothers and sisters. Yeah, I, I think we naturally, I'm, I'm sorry if anyone hears any, I think um, 
our neighbors are having a party. I don't know that anyone will hear it, but if you speaking it. of good neighbors, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, I um I wanted to just real quick read a passage that I think um that that kind of summarizes what we're talking about as all being in Christ because I am from Galatians three and you know we all know it. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And we've talked about that, that verse a lot. Actually, we've quoted a lot when we've talked about some of the manhood, womanhood stuff, where sometimes act like a man in Christ is somehow different than a woman in Christ. But that passage, I think, just so um, clearly communicates exactly what we're talking about. But I think that some sometimes, so if you might go to a church that has more young people because you have young kids, you know, mm-hmm. I, I that absolutely happens and, and stuff. But I I think it's good to, you know, invite somebody over for dinner from your church that maybe is is very different than you. Maybe a, an older, if you're a young family, an older couple. Or, you know, people that live on the other side of town or, you know, I think um, there's a little, and people that might be different than you, maybe people that voted differently than you. I mm-hmm. think there's a little bit too much echo chamber going on right now. And I, it's a little bit different than this discussion, but I think it does fit into it. Um, yeah, it's It's good for us to spend time with people that are different than us that mm-hmm. think differently than us about things that I, I will tell you i actually prefer it which i know sounds crazy because i learn so much from people that aren't just like me mm-hmm. yes absolutely um yeah our, one of the things with being in houston and being uh, the multicultural city that it is um, i love the fact that Within our, our own little church, we have people from all over the world, and it's great to talk about things and hear the differences of what it was like growing up a Christian in a different country and what that culture looked like. And it, because it helps us see, and we've talked about this many times, like some of the other women in the group that are from different areas and how they view the, like the men-women culture war stuff, um, it's so helpful to see things from a different perspective. Um, and kind of take off those um, blinders that we have that we think that Christianity looks only like the Christianity that we know in our culture. Um, so I just think there really is a lot to learn out there from other people. Yeah. And even uh, I'll say this too: people that are different than you talk to them, find out their experiences. We all have different experiences in, in life. And I, I love hearing about, other people's different cultures, their different experiences. Um, maybe it's somebody that's faced racism or anti-Semitism mm-hmm. or, you know, any number of things. Um, yeah, I, I think it's so good for us. And I, I fear so much, even when I look at the online kind of groups that we we just go to our own little corner with people that think like us and are more like mm-hmm. us and 
um, talking to women from our Facebook group from other parts of the world, it's really opened my eyes to how easy it is and how much it happens for even American Christians to filter everything through this kind of American way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I did want to say. Um, I did learn from there. If you're in the Facebook group, um, I'll repost it. Ashley has done when she did some of the different series. She did a uh, one of the units on this, so there's a lot of good information in there. And so I, I guess there's some denominations or non-denominations where um, I don't know that they'd call it canist, but it's that mm-hmm. same same sort of I idea. Um, but it absolutely is in our own reform circles too. It's just, I think most of the time, maybe a little bit more, more subtle. Yeah. But I, I think the main thing, what we're seeing is that the, the culture wars concerned is bringing together people um, who would not normally have worked together. Yes. Um, in particular. Yeah. That's a, a very, very good point. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to point out when we're looking at scripture, especially if you're looking at ways to talk to people about why, um, why kinism, why this kind of racism is is contrary to uh, the scriptures, and we mentioned the neither Jew nor Greek. Um, another place that I would look, uh, like we talked about you know, us being one body in Christ. Um, I would also point out to people uh, about Christ being, um, when you go through the genealogy, and you have in his genealogy, you have Ruth, Rahab, and Tamar, who were not Jewish, were Gentile women who um, married into uh, the line of Christ, um, so that Christ himself is not an example of of a quote-unquote pure ethnicity. Um I even hate to say it that way, but that's right. <laughs> using their words, right? Um, and I just think it's important to remember so that even in, in the Old Testament, you still have uh, Gentiles being engrafted into um, uh, Israel. And so even today, as the church is um, in Acts, as you see um, people from all over the world who are there at Pentecost, who are believers uh, or Jewish believers who become Christians there, who are represent all of these known nations and different backgrounds. Um, but one of the interesting things uh, I read in Acts this week, uh, in Acts six, you have um, the the naming of the the deacons and being uh, set aside to to help with the the feeding of the. Uh, the widows in the church, and it's brought up because there's a concern about uh, the uh, Gentile or Greek widows and making sure they're given the same care as the the Hebrew widows in the church. And I think what's interesting to see there is that if this idea that culture shouldn't mix and culture shouldn't blend was really what Scripture was trying to teach us, there would have been a separation there that there was the Hebrew church that the Hebrews went to, and there was the Greek church that the Greeks went to, but there's not. There's one church there, uh, and people from uh, very pagan Gentile background are there, uh, people who were um, God-fearers who are Gentiles, who, or God-fearers who lived around the Jews, who became Christians were there, and you have Jewish Christians 
all in this one group, uh, working and serving together and, and being knit together as one body. And I just wanted to point that out because I think it's important to see that scripture, while it doesn't say, you know, thou shalt not, um, blah, 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 over these ideas that we're talking about. There are very clear places in scripture that speak to people coming from different cultures and the need to work together and and live together in a way that honors God. Yeah, it's funny. We don't think about people converting to Judaism because you don't see out here today, you know, mm-hmm. Jews out there proselytizing. Um, but we have these examples in scripture. I know um, people in my own life. I worked for a family where the wife had converted to Judaism. And but we and then I have um someone in my own family, my cousin's husband. But we have these examples um right there in scripture. So I'm glad you pointed those out. So I don't know any like great resources that have um I don't know if you do, Rachel, that talk mm-hmm. about this. Probably needs to be a needs to be one. Um, if I find anything, um, yeah. I, I might be able to put a couple links. Um, I'll I'll ask Ashley if there's anything specific that that she would recommend because she's done a lot of work on this on this topic. Well, I I hope this was helpful. I I think um, it's a good reminder. If you haven't seen this out there, I'm I'm glad you haven't seen it out there. Um, I think it's good to know that it's out there, especially in some of these current conversations. Um, I really hadn't seen a, a lot of it recently until the Christian nationalist conversation. I was shocked. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still shocked by some of what I've seen, like outright shocked. Um, it's good to know that it's out there and to guard yourself um, from it and to be aware. So. If I find any good links, I'll I'll put them in the in the episode notes. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.